This show is part of the Miles Offside Podcast Network. Visit twitter.com slash milesoffsidepod for more information. And now, on with the show. another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me as always, and I've been instructed to introduce them one by one, is my co-host Chuck Bailey. Yes. And the man pulling the strings, it is super producer Ian Stimson. I just thought a bit of separation for the listener so they can understand who's who might be good. And also I feel pressure because my last name my name is last i feel pressure to say something funny and it's not my natural yeah but really you just wanted to a pause before people prepare for super producer well um because that's what you are because you're back now i was suitably impressed with what you did without me though it's a little bit upsetting to be honest i was quite shocked especially (laughs) because because i know how much was cut um (laughs) (laughs) oh right so he actually edited he did edit oh i cut like a solid half hour out yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, he was like hedge trimming like a bastard out of that. Like, <laughs> th- there was a substantial, and it was like six hours later, and he was like, okay, I'm done. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, we did it much quicker than I do, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I had a day off, so I could just sit and just do that until it was ready to go. Was that almost like your day before you had to go back to work, of just being like, no, I want to hold on to this. I want something to distract me from the fact that I have to go back to real life now. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. Although, actually, going back a bit, in fairness to Ian's request, we were probably on about, like, episode three before my brother realized that I was recording with two different English people and not just Brilliant. one yeah. guy with two different moods. So. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, I don't know whether it's just a, a lack of accent sensitivity or, or did he just think it was it was one person just doing two different voices? No, I think he just didn't pick up on it being two different voices, honestly. Oh, right. Thought you were bragging and like increasing your number of friends by fifty percent. Exactly. He's used to me having conversations with imaginary voices all the time, so you know, it's not that much of a stretch. Yeah, Oscar actually recorded all of these podcasts three years ago, and is just now (laughs) getting round to doing all the voices. Yeah, I knew exactly what was going to happen in the World Cup two years in advance. It was actually like I should have bet on it, but I you really should, yeah, really should have put money down. I think you guys forget that like not like ninety nine percent of Americans aren't as familiar with like not just the english accent but like the various regional english sub accents like i can tell someone being from the midlands as opposed to the north or you know london like that's not that hard maybe between like leeds and manchester i'd be like oh he might be from manchester or might be from leeds but like your average american probably thinks that you guys sound mostly the same same way like if i saw if i met someone from brazil i wouldn't be like oh he must be from the east of brazil like yeah, yeah. I have no fucking enough. clue. They just sound Brazilian, you know? Yeah. So that that's why I said it, though. So I'm Ian and Chuck is Chuck. So that's that dealt with. Definitely Chuck. Wait, which one of you is talking now? I got, I lost track. I don't know. It's fine. Okay. I don't know. You, you'll just you just redo it in the edit, mate. You just need to get your James McAvoy head on and go full <laughs> split. It's a good segue there because you, you do look like Mr. Tumnus, so... Speaking of James McAvoy, did you guys watch uh, the new It movie? It was super, super good. No, but I saw the first one and I didn't care for it. I didn't like the first one either, but we went because we go to the movies every weekend and it was just the one that's out right now. 
Um, and I was very pleasantly surprised. It was both scary and entertaining and surprisingly heartfelt. We're not paid by this movie. I'm not promoting that. By the way. <laughs> I was going to say, we got a sponsorship deal I didn't know about. Yeah. So, in theaters now, It 2, It Chapter 2. <laughs> it Chapter 2. Uh, the reitening. Well, um, it is the international break. We are nominally a football podcast. But international the- bullshit! Yep, when the football takes a break, so do we, at least from making any fucking sense at all. Um, so our good super producer, Ian, has prepared a format or topic for us this week. I'm told it involves food, and I get to be the star of the show, so that's totally fine with me. Without dangerously veering this onto topic. This is Chuck topic. talking. Chuck. Ch- thanks. Um, I just wanted to share with you guys <laughs> now, and I haven't told you this, but I had just had, about an hour ago, one of the weirdest experiences of my life. So... I had to go to a neighbour today because we we had a lost pet that we found. And so, like, where we live is quite cold and sacky and stuff, so there's lots of lots of animals and stuff like that. So I, I went over, but the weird thing was, ha- has anyone ever returned a lost fish? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. So my cat, she's a bastard, and um, she sometimes brings stuff home. Once brought home a full-size pigeon, a pigeon bigger than hers through the window and got feathers fucking everywhere. Um, and we saw her playing with an animal outside and it turns out it was a little koi cup um, so on the pumpkin. Fucking hell. So thought it was dead, popped it in a little pot of water and then somehow <laughs> it, it, it kept swimming, so it's fine. Um, I think like finding Nemo now, it's got like a dodgy fin. That's fine. Character building. But... Um, yeah, we then somehow, my girlfriend posted online about it and managed to find the guy whose uh, fish it was. Turns out he's <laughs> lost three other fish uh, this week. So today, There's literally no way of knowing what happened to yeah, those fish. Yeah. Awkward. Um, so <laughs> what today, did you say when he was like, how'd you find my fish? I mean, he was really nice and I was just like, yeah, my cat got it. Uh, <laughs> do you want to like put some stuff on the top of your yeah, pond? Yeah, put a net over. You've already lost two. What uh, are you doing? He, he said, nah. He's like, I've got oh. loads of animals. Uh, okay. Um, cool. Yeah, so I had to walk across uh, the cul-de-sac with, with a Tupperware with, with a floating koi carp in it, <laughs> just thinking, if someone sees me now, they're going to think, what the fuck is this guy doing? Aren't they quite expensive too? Yeah, it can be. I yeah. believe so, yeah. Yeah, it can be very expensive. Thought about keeping it. Fancy neighbour. Jeez, you should start bringing them more fake animals. <laughs> Just like make one out of cotton and be like, found your dog. Is there a reward? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't really want to put, because sometimes you see like lost dog signs or like found cat or whatever. I didn't want to have to put up signs for a fucking fish. Yeah, that is, yeah, found fish. Jesus Christ. That would seem like if I saw that walking by, I'd be like, that's funny. What a weird joke. I appreciate this. Yeah, no, real, real. So there you go. Just thought I'd share that um, insight into my life. And that's the kind of content you get on an international break, baby. (laughs) This is fully international break week, isn't it? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Found Koi Carp. Anyway, so yeah, as Oscar said, what we thought we'd do is not talk football, which we're clearly not doing. No. On (laughs) a lost Koi Carp, apparently. On an international break. Found Koi Carp. Found Koi Carp, sorry, of course. Well, you didn't find it. And it was about to be killed. <laughs> yeah. Your cat's an awful murderer, when I mm. come to think of it, really. Yeah. Could have sold it. Might have been worth money. Yeah. Should have sold it. The logistics of something like that. I, can't, I can barely put together a spreadsheet, guys, for a fucking predictor league. I'm not going to look up the admin of selling something online. 
I think you did admirably there, or your girlfriend did, putting it online and get, managing to reunite pet and owner. That's oh, sounds... it is it is fully not my responsibility for any of this lovely stuff, heartwarming things to happen. Okay. Did you find the Tupperware dish? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, good. I, I picked the fish up off the pavement. Off the pavement? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. This is bleak. Yeah, we're spending just the right amount of time on this as well that I was hoping for. I'm so glad it didn't get dismissed that it's somehow not a really fucking weird thing. (laughs) It definitely needs, uh, what's the word, acknowledging how weird that is. Anyway, um, what we thought we'd do is we would um, do a tribute to one of uh, my favourite podcasts, which is um, Ed Gamble and James Acaster's Off Menu. We regularly talk food even though we're a football podcast we regularly get into food somehow so um if you've ever listened to that podcast basically what they do is they get their guest in and they uh, ask them to devise their dream menu and british and american cuisine shall we say has been quite a sort of running theme of ours so we thought we would do oscar's dream menu as a tribute to the off menu podcast yeah some would say tribute some would say rip off completely yeah, you know, a little from column A, a little from column B. Semantics in it. I found a fish today, so karmically we're balanced. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, sounds yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You've earned some good. Yeah, you've earned some good karma. Yeah. Absolutely. Therefore, we can, you know, rip off more successful podcasts. Yeah. Cool. Infringe on copyright, maybe. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? At least we'll get publicity. No one at them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll at them. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So um, I did give Oscar a brief rundown of uh, the, the questions that come up in this devising of a dream menu. Basically, Oscar, you can decide anything for this meal. It can be something your mum used to make. It can be something you've had from a restaurant. It can be something you've made before. It can be some street food you've had. There are no rules, basically. Can it be something your mum used to make? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you've eaten that, that would be weird. Mm. That would be weird. Did you go to school in Peterborough in the eighties because she was a dinner lady? So you hold you the have... front. Oh, we're we're going to unpack that later. Yeah, that explains a lot. Saving that one. She used to be a cook and dinner lady at my school, so that's good. Did mean that she could only cook portions for about a hundred people at once. <laughs> I was going to say, how were you not as big as a house? <laughs> well, yeah, as a kid, I had a high metabolism. That's gone away, um, but. By cooking of a hundred portions has not, so I've taken that from my mother. Anyway, now, this isn't this about when me. There was still only like forty people in Peterborough, and so the whole school was just like in one house, <laughs> and it was your house. Like, was your house the school? She led the expeditions <laughs> into the woods to yeah, um, foraging, hunt a doe, and uh, <laughs> we the weren't first having child, venison, mate. They had to bathe in the blood. They had to eat the heart. It was a whole... It was a very... Listen, thing. I'm not the one who's picked up animals from the pavement today. Fuck <laughs> off. Oh, please, my lord Peterborough. I lost me stag. My name's Ian. Oh, my mum's the cook lady. Now, was that Chuck or Ian talking? That was clearly you. Oh, okay. Just checking. Okay. So, anyway, let's get let's start this. So, Oscar, the first question on, on the off-menu... Um, roster is the offside menu thank you good good there we go miles offside menu straight off the dome piece water still or sparkling uh well sparkling water is an affront to fucking humanity so definitely still so you've never you've never bought say a 12 back of sparkling seltzer 
Yeah, and remember me complaining about it for like three weeks straight? Sure it's fucking gross. If I wanted fizziness, I would drink a soda. Otherwise, if I want something flat, just give me water. Or rather, if I want water, fuck you, fuck seltzer water. <laughs> That's it. See, this is the thing that doesn't necessarily work, because in America, you wouldn't necessarily get tap water, right? Like, nowhere would give you tap. It's always no, going to be most, bottled. No, most restaurants will give you tap water, unless you ask for bottled specifically. Yeah? Yeah. So what would you say? Like, tap or bottled? No, they just give you water. No, I'm saying, what would you have, you sausage? <clears throat> oh, uh, I don't particularly care. I usually just get soda, honestly. But, like... If I had to choose, I guess I would just go for bottled water. My dad works for a bottled water company, so I guess I should probably say bottled water. Does he really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you probably should have. Yeah. Can they sponsor us? So I should probably go with that. How big are we talking? We're talking like... What do you mean? Well, what? which bottled water company? Is it quite hipster? Is it up and coming? Is oh, it... no, no, no. It, it's quite famous in uh, in the US. It's the official like water bottle, water company that like the Yankees and the Red Sox work with. It's pretty popular in the Northeast. Poland Spring. Right, so sponsorship. We drink lots of water. It's just been mixed with hops and yeast. <laughs> yeah, I was like, since when do you drink water? <laughs> like 95% of it's water. Exactly. What more do you want? And like 1% deer's blood, right? Is that what's in Lithuanian Jaeger? <laughs> no, that's the expeditions into Peterborough for lunch. Mm. Uh, mm. Oh, your girlfriend's just arrived behind you. How many koi carp has she got? How many fish did you bring? <laughs> did you bring back any fish? Why would I bring fish? That's her. Uh, there we go. She hasn't heard the first half of this conversation. <laughs> no, but she what a knows. Weird question to come home to. <laughs> yeah, how many fish have you got? <laughs> how many fish have you provided? Have you also brought a doe? No, this is not Ian's mother coming home from. <laughs> right, I don't know, Chuck. You you text me with this question later. So, and this is a bit of a weird one from their podcast. But do you want to shout the next question off? Well, I'm not bread. <laughs> What? <laughs> Papa was on bread! I think you just blew my headphones out. <laughs> That's so well the done. What just happened? Papa Dom's or bread? Oh, I've never had a Papa Dom's, so I'm going to go with bread. You've never had Papa Dom's? I believe he said, I've never had a Papa Dom's. <laughs> Any, one or many, none of the above. Isn't that Indian food, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hate Indian food. So that's not even... The first two are, like, not even a question, really. My dad works for a lot, bottled water company, so I guess I gotta go there. <laughs> and I hate Indian food, so clearly bread. But also bread is amazing. We got a bread maker for our wedding and proceeded to eat about 500 pounds of bread in the next six months. We just like perpetually had two lo two pound loaves going. Yeah. How long have you been married now? Two and a half years. When's the last time you used a bread maker? Two. Recently. <laughs> this year at some point. This year at some we point. We did do it for a, we did it a whole lot for like a year and then we kind of like tapered I off. I swear that's like a classic sort of present. I mean, we got one and like you say... You do nothing but make bread for six months, and then... And then you realise you gained 70 pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the standard. Bread maker, blender, yeah. uh, waffle maker, like yep. all of those things. They're great, you use them a load, then you remember they're a bitch to clean, and then they sit in the cupboard for two years. Exactly. Yep. And we're moving soon, and I was like, do we really need to keep all these wedding gifts? It's just more stuff to pack. Do we need these memories? Now we're just making bread again, because we remembered it's there. It makes pizza dough, though. That's a good thing. I never thought of that from a bread maker. Yeah, that's uh, but towards the end, that's all we were doing with it, pizza dough. There is something for that. My mum, my mum used to have a bread. I mean, well, towards I the end still... of us having a bread maker, not towards the end of our marriage. I'm still, <laughs> still married. 
Still for married now. for now. Notice he left out happily married there, but let's not <laughs> unpack that one today. Um, Thanks, yeah, my mum did for years, and you'd wake up in the morning and the smell of bread. Oh, it's amazing. Mm. Oh, yeah. We live, it doesn't help that we live upstairs and, well, across the street, but like directly across the street, and the window always blows in this direction from a bakery. So we wake up to the smell of like professionally oh, made yeah. fresh baked bread. So we never make our own bread really anymore. But we are moving, so you know we might have to go back to making our own bread again. So what bread? What bread are we talking? If 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 you know, I brought it to you in in a restaurant. What would be the perfect bread to have to have been brought to you? Honestly, I'm a simple guy, just like a classic like garlic rosemary bread, something like a little a little bit of an herb, a little bit of a. We say a bit more of a hardy bread, like a focaccia. Yeah, 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 or like a French French bread or an Italian bread, something like that, something cr- crunchy outside. Nice and soft inside, relatively mild flavor. And uh, any accompaniments with that? What, a little bit of butter? Little, maybe some oil or a bit of cheese? Or If I was in Ireland, I would go with butter, like specifically Irish butter. Fresh Irish butter is like the best thing I've ever had. Kerry Gold. I don't know. I don't know what brand it was, but like everywhere we went in Ireland, the fucking butter was amazing but for the most part like over here i'll just go with like a little bit of olive oil and red peppers yeah i mean i think it's because in ireland the nutritional development is kind of still back in the 50s so everything is made with double cream and so the butter is just super super rich and very rich very soft unbelievably easy to spread which i'm i'm weirdly terrible at spreading things it's like a running joke in my family i don't think that's that's just you that's everyone and my wife emily is like amazing at it <laughs> she's like like she's like a fucking da vinci with a knife and butter but I, I i like shred my bagels and toast apart when i try to spread anything on it it's just like a mush a mound of wet buttery mush bread sounds fine <laughs> sounds fine it still tastes good but let's move on then so what would be your dream starter okay now now we get to the fun stuff yeah so we've we've got past water <laughs> we've done that Bread. And bread. As exciting as it is, bread, butter, your anticipation, you're salivating. I am. You're going to get served up a little plate or a big plate, however much you want. You can't get full. Can't get full? Oh, is I that mean, part of the I game? I mean, we know you can't anyway yeah, because of say, your... That's a given with Oscar. Come that's on. Not really a, yeah, that's not really speaking about this situation and this idea. <laughs> this is more just you as a person because I've been out to dinner with you. For newer listeners, I did do some competitive eating when I was in college. Not professionally, but like... <laughs> I love the way you say that, like you could get a scholarship for it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not professionally. Prizes were won. <laughs> when a man was severely outnumbered, Perhaps that will come up when we talk about desserts. <laughs> Think it might feature. Oh, good. But for now, let's focus the si- the, the starters. Yeah. Okay. So one part of what I wanted to do here, instead of making it entirely self-indulgent, which is like very hard for me to resist because I'm a pretty much self-centered, egotistical asshole. Right. And that also goes against a lot of what we stand for and have built sure. over the last okay. year and a half. But it wouldn't be great for me to sit here and be like, my mom's blah, blah, blah is the best appetizer in the world. Like, sure, I guess that's a valid answer insofar as there are no rules. But you say what I thought what I would do here, let me finish, let me finish. No. Part of what I want to do here is if any of our listeners are ever visiting New York or are in New York and maybe haven't heard of these places, this might be a useful bit of a guide to all my favorite restaurants in New York City. Ah, because we're getting sponsored by the New York Tourism Board. <laughs> yeah. 
So, with that in mind, the starter I have selected, although I prefer to call it an appetizer because we're in America, but fine. I'll go with starter. What are your feelings on the word appetizer? I've never heard it pronounced that way, but my testicles retracted into myself when you said that because I got so angry that I was like, fight or flight response. I got a little bit angry. It's fine. Yeah, it's really fucking terrible. <laughs> it's like the word guesstimate to me. Mm. Ugh. It's two words. Don't need to combine them. And it means the same word. It means it's the not same a word. thing. I think about five minutes ago, I asked Oscar what his favorite starter was. Yeah, yeah we'll get there. Chuck's, Chuck's, Chuck is a little jealous because this episode is like about me. So... <laughs> He keeps feeling the need to interject with, like, non-sequiturs, but it's okay. We'll get there eventually, and Don't worry. There's no difference in format. That's <laughs> true. It's just a different topic. Okay. There is a deli in Queens near the Whitestone Bridge. It is the best deli in New York City. It's a bit out of the way as if you're going to be mostly in Manhattan, but it is worth the trip, I promise you. The name of this place is Cherry Valley Deli. The address is 1229 150th Street, Whitestone, New York, 11357. And at Cherry Valley, they have an appetizer slash starter called a waffle cheddar couch. Wow. And it is essentially the ultimate version of disco fries slash poutine. So it is waffle fries. I don't know if you guys have waffle fries over in the UK. Crisscross fries. Yeah, crisscross sort of looks like a like a Crusader's cross medallion. A hash. If you will. It is waffle fries with their homemade fantastic gravy. Best gravy I've ever had. 100% at Cherry Valley. It's like a brown gravy, not a like a turkey gravy. And cheddar cheese melted on top. And it is called a couch because it fucking destroys you and you have to sit on the couch. <laughs> and this is a starter. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Mm. Well, I was thinking about using it as my side, but it is. I tend to eat it as a starter before eating a very massive sandwich when I'm going to Cherry Valley. Is this the same place where you said that your favourite sandwich was from? Yes, it is. It's called The Beast. Now, I'm not picking The Beast as, like, my main meal for later. Are all your things New York-based, then? Just for ease of... And also because you're going to need to walk it off. One is from, a, like, not a specific place. We'll get there. But the ones that are from specific places are hopping a bit around New York. Yeah. Okay. So a bit of a, a food tour to Oscar's favourite, disgustingly overindulgent foods of New York City. Okay, I've just gone on to uh, Cherry Valley Deli. Yeah, when I... say that three times fast. <laughs> yeah. And Waffle Couch. What yeah, is exactly. it? Waffle... And when I click on the Waffle Couch, apparently a popular add-on is a two-litre soda. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sharing. That's for sharing. No, it's not. None of it's for sharing, Oscar. Let's not. <laughs> so how did you How did you first discover the... Is it Waffle Couch Fries? Waffle... Waffle, ca- waffle cheddar couch. Waffle cheddar couch. Cherry Valley Deli waffle cheddar couch. The food is a couch, but you can get it on different kinds of fries and with different kinds of cheese. Gotcha. So I always go waffle fries, cheddar cheese. Gotcha. So how did you first discover Cherry Valley Deli? Uh, it's famous in Queens. Like genuinely, anyone who went to like high school in Queens has been drunk at Cherry Valley at 1am at some point. It's open 24 hours and like it's the best food. So if you're like at a house party... Whoever the designated driver is, you drive everyone to Cherry Valley and everyone gets like a big fucking greasy sandwich with gravy in it and, you know, fries. So I don't remember not knowing Cherry Valley. Wow. What I took from that is you don't drink drive, which is very responsible. There's plenty of taxis and buses and, and, and like always one person. It's amazing that that's, that's the thing, though, in New York, that you can have these amazing delis that are open 24 hours because here it's just like rat shit handbag kebabs. Yeah. Gets to a certain point. And late you're not nights eating where good you get spoiled. Food. Yeah, you get spoiled in New York for late night. 
Definitely. That's what I was going to say. It's exceedingly difficult to eat late in London, and I'm I'm pretty used to it. When my brother actually went to London before I did, um, they went on their honeymoon or right after they got married. But he's a bunch older than me, so and he came back and he was like, "It was pretty cool." There's a lot of random old castles in the middle of, like, otherwise urban modern city. Koi carp just flapping about on pavements. Yeah, just yeah. people carrying fish. <laughs> but he said that it was really annoying how early everything closed. I was like, how early could it possibly close? And then we went there and I was like, oh, fuck, I can't, like, I can get real drunk after 9pm, but it's hard to find any good oh, food. It used, to, it used to be even worse. I mean, like, all nightclubs used to close at 2 and. Mm. Like and all food establishments would as well, even the shitty ones. I mean, I remember having to when I was at Union Scarborough. I remember if I wanted to eat after that or drink after that, I had to, I had to go to the casino. Yeah, I was going to say casinos. There's ca- casinos do. I mean, you can obviously then you can get some good restaurants in there. Like there'll be some decent food, but it's just. I was playing blackjack and having a cheese and ham toasty. That was that was about it. <laughs> oh, I love a toasty. A toasty is like a fancy grilled cheese. I when speaking of making bread, we used to make toasties here, like in the apartment. Well, I mean, you're gonna make bread, you're gonna fry cheese with it. It's <laughs> true. Of course you are. Come on, bruh. But like most grilled cheese over here is just like bread cheese, maybe one topping if you're feeling spicy, like tomato in a grilled Swiss with whole wheat bread. Or but like you guys go all in on like some grilled cheese, but with like full out sandwiches. It's good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Waffle Cheddar Couch, that's my starter. Waffle Cheddar Couch. It still feel, it feels like a side, but I'm willing to go with it. So, let's move on. So, what would you go for for your main? Okay, this was the hardest thing to choose, obviously. And I, I will point out that your basic format does sort of belie a Anglo-centric worldview. Not our format, mate. We're just ripping it off. Yep. Sure, fine, their format. Um, because, like, most, a lot of restaurants in the US are not get a starter, get a side. It's just get, uh, or rather, get a main and a side. It's just like a main and that's it. Right. So, like, a lot of places that I like, especially Italian restaurants, which is, like, kind of my best, my favorite thing, just have, like, I just got this pasta. It doesn't have a side. Or, like, I just got. So, my, I was torn between two places, so I'll give them both a bit of love. The first is Tony's DiNapoli. It's my favorite restaurant in all of New York City. Uh, 1081 Third Avenue on 3rd and 64th Street. Um, go down to the basement and ask for Tony himself. He will hook you up with a good table in the back. <laughs> I promise we have not got sponsorship from any of this. No. And I, and I promise you, when I was going to New York, Oscar told me all of these things. <laughs> Spreadsheets are available. Yep, that's 100% true. Uh, Sam Danby also got a lot of this same advice when he was going to New York and he asked me for restaurant recommendations. So, uh, Tony's the Napoli and they just, it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, but baked ziti. It's just the best baked ziti in the fucking world. The best what, sorry? Baked ziti. It's just like ziti pasta with tomato sauce and cheese. Okay. Ricotta. Ricotta. If you're from, <laughs> if you're an American Italian, <laughs> but not an actual Italian Italian, because then there would be ricotta. <laughs> Sort of. <laughs> was that Ian or Chuck? I don't know. Is, are we introducing a fourth podcaster there? <laughs> yeah. Who's Tony? So Tony's definitely. But the other place I was torn with, and Chuck, you'll probably will have wanted me to go with this one, is Sarita's Mac and Cheese, a.k.a. Smack. It is on 197 First Avenue near 12th Street. And it is just a mac and cheese specialty restaurant. 
and how I'm going to cheat because you told me there's no rules. No rules. Is that there are many restaurants in the U.S. where when you go, you can get mac and cheese as a side. Correct. In like a little bowl. So I'm going to use, even though it's from a different restaurant, I'm going to have it express delivered by my manservant, whose name is Chuck, but that's just a coincidence. Um, <laughs> We're everywhere. Up to Tony's from Smack, and it will be a very, very small cheeseburger and four cheese with red pepper flakes and breadcrumbs, obviously. Smack. So you're, I mean, you've jumped the gun there, so that's the side side dish tip. That's my side, yes. Yeah, your main meal is pasta with sauce and cheese. Correct. And your side dish is pasta with <laughs> cheese. Yep, and don't forget that my starter was potatoes deep fried with and then cheese. with sauce and cheese. There was a burger mentioned somewhere as well there. Sorry, I, you went very quickly. Um, he zoned out. He started to, he got a bit, you know, erect. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ian, if you pull up the Smack website, available at eatsmac.com, eatsmack.com. Smack is the shit. Yeah, it really is like the best fucking food. Um, you can make your own, uh, you know, specialty gourmet mac and cheese or whatever. So the toppings I have chosen to go for... Our cheeseburger, just your basic, you need a little bit of meat in there. Yep. And then the same cheeses that they use on their four cheese, which is cheddar, Munster, Gruyere, and Pecorino. Pow, 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 pow. Obviously with breadcrumbs, because what kind of monster do- goes to smack and doesn't get breadcrumbs? You might as well just be eating it out of a tin. Mm. Now, Chuck, what did you have when I, t- I took you to smack? We've been to smack together when you were in New York. Yeah. I don't remember what you had, so I'm curious to hear your take yeah, on it. Yeah, it's annoying because when we thought about this format, the first thing I also thought of was to cheat as my side dish to get <laughs> mac and cheese from, <laughs> from Smack. So thank you for that. I don't remember. I think it was an andouille sausage with peppers and, oh, man, it was just a whole lot of, Ian, this thing is just like... <laughs> you need to understand. Yeah, I mean, mac, mac and cheese, it's starting to move over here a bit more and get a bit better, but just in the States, it's proper because it's not like a rancid, vibrant cheese sauce. It's like proper, mm. all the flavours. Like Oscar just said, like he's got Munster, Gruyere, Cheddar, Pecorino. Like it's packed every bite as an explosion of... And it's... <laughs> wow. Yeah. we we There were four of us there and it was just... We, t- we spent about 20 minutes deciding what to order, I think. Yeah, I bet. I'm just looking at the menu now, and it looks insane. Um, it, yeah, it is weird. It can be Ian, served Ian, I with... feel like you would like the rosemary fig one. Well, I was just looking down, and it's like it's there's quite sort of what feels like attempts at highbrow stuff. The Parisienne. Mac and cheese for the upper crust. Creamy brie, roasted figs, roasted shiitake mushrooms, and fresh rosemary. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely like a real hipster place trying to, like... Be like, look, we took children's food and made it cool. I like the description of masala. North American comfort food blended with Indian spices. Exotic? Question mark. Mysterious? Question mark. Avant-garde? Question mark. You be the judge. It's just yeah. fucking, it's good to got some curry powder in it. Mm. I, I like the food. <laughs> I'm not sure I enjoy so many questions with my dining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, I don't think Oscar, you know, you're still all sparkling. There's already, like, there's one. Um, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> How do you want your food now, please? Um, but it is, it's like a, it's a little shoebox uh, in New York. It's, there's not many tables. It's like maybe 20 people 
20, 20, 30 people max. Yeah, there's like a, there's always a wait. It's, and it's a thousand degrees in there. It's it's like a classic, like, tiny, tiny New York restaurant where everyone's eating on top of each other and there's no ventilation whatsoever, but the food is fucking amazing. But I have to say, like, I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea. 99.999% of American mac and cheese is nowhere near that level. Like, this place is above and beyond. Like, you, you really have to be at home and have, like, a southern grandma who's been using the same cast iron for 250 <laughs> years, you know, to, like, replicate that. Otherwise, yeah. just go to smack. I feel like we've sort of glossed over your mane a little bit then. That's Oscar's fault entirely. Well, yeah, I mean, you... <laughs> You said that was your side, and we've talked about it for a long time, and it sounds amazing, but your main was, what, a sort of a, a baked pasta in tomato sauce? Yeah, it's hard to specify, like, what's so good about Tony's. So Tony's is this little place, um, and I went to high school relatively near it, and then it closed down, and then, like, ten years later, it opened up again right near where I was going to college. So it kind of, like, followed me across the years. Um, and it's just like relatively small Italian restaurant on the Upper East Side in New York. But the cool thing about it is that when you go there, the food is all family style is what they call it. So all the plates are like for two to three people. It's just these big fuck off massive plates. Oh, blimey. Right. Okay. And um, but the food is like relatively simple. Like the recipes aren't anything crazy. But the head chef there must just be like the most fucking talented person in the world because he takes this simple Italian dish like ziti tomato sauce, ricotta, and mozzarella, to use the New Jersey Italian <laughs> I love hearing you say that. That's amazing. It's real fun. Um, That's the fifth member of the podcast just then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony, Tony DiNapoli, huh? Tony DiNapoli. Hey, I ain't never been in Napoli. So, okay, so for example, another, uh, another dish from Tony's that's really popular is the Tony's chicken. It's just basically bruschetta, but with, instead of like crackers, the base is like a breaded chicken cutlet. Nice. So it's like oh. chicken cutlet with tomatoes, onions, different like herbs, and a bit of a drizzle on top. And it's fucking amazing, but it's like a simple dish. Like you could make yeah, it yourself, yeah. but you could never make it taste like that by yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the beauty of Italian food, though. Like it's, there's so few ingredients, but just, you know, everything's got tomato, basil, garlic, maybe onion. And then it's just from there is they just add one or two and it just changes so much. Yeah. It, the, like the specific ratios, I think as a mathematician, that might be what appeals to me about cooking Italian food. Cause when I cook at home, like 99% of what I cook is Italian food, even though I'm not Italian at all. Um, because I like being like, okay, if I do like 2% more garlic, how does that completely change the, pro- <laughs> the profile and the balance of it? And just like, it's just ratios left and right. It's like it's so it's like really really fun for me to like play around with and and I cook by smell too so like it, it's just sort of like it feels like I'm doing alchemy with just garlic <laughs> instead of gold. So like, you want to be a wizard? This explains yeah, well, yeah, a lot exactly. about your Harry Potter love. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, Tony's the Napoli man. Simple but good. You actually, Chuck, what you were saying just now reminded me of. Um, do you guys know Jim Gaffigan? He's an American stand-up comedian, but I don't know if he's popular over there. No. Okay. He's massively popular here. He's got a bunch of Netflix specials, and he's just this, like, his whole bit is that he's a Midwestern, super plain, boring, generic, middle-aged white dude. But he's actually can, quite can clever relate. and funny, because he's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> yeah, he, Ian, you would love him. Uh, Ian Stimson for America. He has one bit about, like, 
as an uneducated, you know, ignorant Midwestern white American dude going to a Mexican restaurant and being like, ooh, tacos, what is that? <laughs> They're like, well, it's tortilla and beans and rice and cheese and the meat of your choice. Okay, well, what about a burrito? Well, it's tortilla with beans and rice and cheese and a meat of your choice. What about nachos? <laughs> he just keeps going and he's like, and I feel like Italian food is the same way, right? Like Mex- Mexican food is just the same five ingredients, but somehow they make an entire cuisine out of it. Yeah. And same thing with Italian food. I mean, there it's just, I mean, if you say Italian food is maybe about the ratios and the mathematical side, Mexican food is more of like a origami influence as to it's just <laughs> how you fold it denotes. Yeah. Just presentation. The taste. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh, move on to drink. And it doesn't have to necessarily accompany this Italian, because you're not a wine guy. I'm not a wine guy. I'm barely a beer guy, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, I enjoy a beer as itself, but not really like as a drink to accompany a meal, per okay. se. Yeah. So I've gone with something pretty simple here, but extraordinarily, like, just... Your senses are overloaded with joy and just like a burst of energy and light goes into your soul. Carabao. Whenever you (laughs) – and it's just – it's Mexican Coke. Mexican Coke. Just a bit of Mexican Coke to energize your day, to get you going. It makes you feel really alive. Remind me because I know there's a difference but I can't remember which way it is. What's the difference with Mexican and US Coke? Cocaine. No, it's yes, not. Yes, thank that, you, but... Chuck, for picking up on the cocaine <laughs> joke. Ian was like, I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> yep. No, they stick to the original recipe. There's still a buttload yep. of coca leaf in there. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh-huh. Gives you that pep. <laughs> now, to answer your question seriously, Ian, yeah. uh, Mexican Coca Cola is made with sugar cane. Ah, right. So it's that way around. It's made with actual so sugar. As opposed to like just drowning syrup in syrup. Yeah, like okay. American. Yeah, exactly. So it does taste really, really amazing. You guys actually. Um, the Coke in France tasted basically the same. So if you ever get, like, a bottle of, for whatever reason, French Coca-Cola, like in the glass bottle or whatever, it tasted pretty much the same as Mexican Coke. So I'd have to assume they're using sugar cane over there, too. So does our Coke have sugar in it, Chuck? Do you know? Does, does Coke have sugar in it? Think no, about the question okay, you're right. asking right now. <laughs> okay, let me roll back slightly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm aware there is some sugar content in Coke. What I'm asking is... We're sugar cane, I presume. I don't know if it's sugar cane. Probably not here. It doesn't taste the same. No. Every every country, it's like, you know, if you go to a kebab shop and then you pick up a can. I, just, I go to a kebab shop a lot, evidently. Or like, <laughs> when, me, when me and Chuck do our off menu, there's going to be some kebab shops mentioned. Yeah, I <laughs> think so. Um, but when you, you pick up the can, and I don't know about you, but I, like, I tend to get a Fanta, and I always look at the country of origin. Very often it will be Denmark. Denmark does quite a nice uh, a Fanta. Sometimes you get a Turkish Fanta. That's really syrupy. And so it's just, I think it's just whether they give a shit about health. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Third world countries have by far the best sodas because it's just <laughs> melted down candy and yeah. the flavor of Coca-Cola. Melted like. down candy. <laughs> and for, I, I should say for the record, for any Mexican listeners, I know that Mexico is not a third world country. <laughs> It is a totally good, like, first world country. I think we've like, had a lot of numbers in Mexico. We've never charted. Nah, it's that wall which blocks the signal. <laughs> I just know, like, my mom gets all salty when people talk shit about Guatemala. Because, like, you know, like, you've, you've been in the U.S. for 35 years, but, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta rep your, you're still like, from where you're from. crew. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
So Mexico is not a third world country. I get it, but the Coca Cola tastes like it's from a third world country. So. <laughs> yeah, but that's but that <laughs> that's is that's really what we're going. That for is here. a positive. I mean, see, I thought when you were going to say Mexico, I thought you were going to mention uh, is it Haritos or Haritos? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, What's that? So that's the Mexican soft drink, effectively that you see. So in a lot, it, it's come over here in a few places in like the burrito, like build your own burrito places, right? Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're very vibrant fluorescent uh bottles of uh soda and they're like bright green and yellow caravan orange it's yes <laughs> similar to carabao it does make you feel like you could fight the sun and win um <laughs> but <laughs> or just regular cocaine yeah it's a hell of a drug um but Exactly like Oscar said there, it just tastes like they've carbonated, melted down candy. Okay. And they're, they're just fantastic because it's oh, it's everything you want. It makes you feel like a child again when you eat it. Yeah, when yes, you drink exactly. It, which, is, which infuses you more than the actual qualities of the sugar on the scientific level. It just makes you, yes. you know, like all the science goes in that like... Uh, the scent of lemon makes you feel more energised or the scent of vanilla makes you happy because it reminds you of your childhood and ice cream, weirdly. Or the colour pink calms you down. Yeah, I mean, you can you see the colour pink? Or uh, I can when I'm wearing my glasses, which I am right now. Is that why you're always angry without your glasses? <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Is that why you're insufferable? You just want to fight have everything? We, wait, but like, have we talked about how it's literally illegal to paint uh, locker rooms a certain shade of pink like that is like actual that's an actual thing yeah you did actually oh i forgot about that yeah so that's a real thing like the color pink really does calm people down yeah so science um <laughs> but definitely coat yeah proper syrupy coke see that's also the level of specific oh god specificity I'm gonna... Specific... specific let him struggle let him struggle All he'll right. get there <clears throat> radio silence <clears throat> Specific. Oh fuck it! You know what I mean. That's that's the level of no, no, detail no. No, 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 I was looking on. for. No, 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 no. Take it back. Take it back. What's the word? Specific. Specific. I can't say it. Specific. Specificity. Oh, there's an extra ear. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what are you trying specificity. to say? Specificity. I had to take a run up. Specificity. Yeah. Specificity. Let's... It's oh, close enough. Yeah. Great job, little cool. buddy. So that's the level I was looking for. There you go. There you go. You have you guys ever? Ian, you've never been to the U.S., right? No. Okay, Chuck, you have been a bunch. Have you been to the Coca-Cola, like, f- factory tour in yeah, okay. Atlanta? Well, I was going to say it's in Atlanta, isn't it? Um, I was going to yeah. say Alabama, but that's a different AL. Um, no, no, I haven't. I've only ever stopped. Well, I've driven through Georgia and stopped overnight, but never like visited proper. Okay. Well, it's a, it's like a fun thing to do if you're just in there in the area. Yeah, I can bet. Um, but there's a room in there where they have like it's some giant number. I don't remember exactly what it was. I want to say like 250 or 300 different soda taps from all around the world that all of the different brands that Coca-Cola owns. Oh, wow. worldwide and they're set up by continent so you can go to like Europe and then like there's like three towers basically for Europe where they have like 50 different sodas that you can take your little paper cup and be like you know like a fountain drink you know what i'm talking about right i want to believe it's like the simpsons where homer goes to visit the duff factory yes and it's exactly like, no it yeah, is duff duff light or our newest flavor duff dry and they're all coming from yep. the same pipe <laughs> <laughs> but the reason i bring it up is that the two things actually two reasons i bring it up 
First of all, the African sodas, because there's like a whole little section of African sodas, are crazy. Those flavor profiles are so different from anything else that you ever have anywhere. And they're very, very sweet. You talk about like the melted down candy flavor. The African sodas were like, but really, really cool flavors, like really, really interesting fruits and stuff were in there. I don't I, like I can't be specific about it, but it was wild. And then the other reason I thought of the Coca-Cola tour is because, Chuck, you said that it tastes like your childhood. <laughs> and it really is fucking insane how much like because late stage capitalism and stuff, Coca-Cola owns the flavor of childhood and Christmas and happiness. <laughs> because like. So I don't know if you guys know this, but the like modern day image of Santa Claus was actually yeah, yeah. invented by Coca-Cola in by their for their advertising in like the 30s, I want to say, 1930s, 1920s, something like that. So like they own the trademark on Santa Claus as an old white dude with a long white beard and red and white hat and boots and black boots and all that sort of stuff. Like that's a Coca-Cola thing. So like they literally own Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like a thing over here that some people say that Christmas hasn't, all the run up to Christmas hasn't started until until they've seen the advert with the Coca Cola lorry and stuff. There you go. See, that's same thing. That's weird. I don't associate Coke with Christmas whatsoever. No, I don't either. It's it's a weird thing. And the Coca Cola lorry came to Peterborough once. It was an amazing day, and um, it's just like, yeah, what the fuck? It's a truck, cares? isn't it? It's a truck yeah. with a fat bloke's face on it. I feel like I'm particularly susceptible to advertising. <laughs> Like, well, why do you think that? I don't because anytime we're watching something and a KFC commercial comes on, I'm like, well, god damn it! Now we're having KFC for dinner. Oh, come on. that's irrelevant though. Come on, there's some that's not that's not a good example. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> yeah, if you see some lovely chicken, KFC, you're order is KFC it. man. Yeah, I basically let my TV decide what I'm having for dinner. But I'm I'm the same level of susceptibility, I think, because if if uh, I'm in a restaurant with my wife, she forces me to order first. Because if she orders first, I will immediately abandon my choice and go. That sounds great. I'll have that. Like mm. all the time, ah. I'll just go. That sounds good. I'll have that. But then is she also making you order first so she can deliberately order something different so then she can eat some of yours? Well, it doesn't fucking matter anymore. She's turned vegan, so I'm not eating whatever the fuck she has. But I'm I'm deliberately doubling down and ordering like a blue steak. But <laughs> uh, yes. so it doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. Make sure but. it can still move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that used to be the case. You, I would always be like, well, I can't miss out on what she's just said, so I'll have that. I, can, can we just go back to the Willy Wonka Coca-Cola factory? Sure. Always. Yeah, what do you want to know? I've never heard of that before, and it upsets me that I'm not there now. It's great. It's like a. It takes like an hour to go through the whole tour. They show you like Coke being made. They show you it being bottled. They talk to you about the history of it. That's how I know the whole Santa Claus thing. You got to take pictures with a polar bear because it's like they're a real life like polar a, bear, like a guy in a suit as uh, a polar bear wearing a Coca Cola scarf. Have you? Do you guys have the polar bear commercials over there? Uh, uh, that rings a bell a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. it was like animated and they. Yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Like back when like computers were brand new. Yeah, and then like a Coke drifted along and like a little iceberg, and it was a very yeah. sad, you know, kind of state of affairs about global warming and all that well, shit. He has a wife and, like, kids now, and it's, like, a whole, like... Polar bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, a whole, like, Coca-Cola bear-iverse. It's, like, the extended polar bear universe. Oh, God. Um, so they do, like, a polar bear commercial every year. So when you go to tour, you can get a picture with the polar bear. Like, nice. Is there, like, a crossover with Tony the Tiger? No, 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 no. That's cereal. <laughs> Is that not part of the... Oh, okay. No. Coke don't own And that, right? they make 
a special bottle of Coca-Cola with a special flavor that you can only get there. They don't sell it anywhere else. It's pretty good. Not great. Polar bear flavor or Father Christmas. Does it it's, taste like Father Christmas? Oh God, it's 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 sold as like the um. Ah, fuck, I don't even remember the name, but it's basically like a, you invested in Coca Cola. You're part owner now. The Founders Brew or some bullshit <laughs> like that. I mean, you won't ever see any money, but thanks. No, they really yeah. are brainwashing you. Like mm. when you go I mean, there, it's quite like it's quite strong when something you know it has it is its own taste. Yeah, like Coca Cola is. The taste of Coca-Cola. Yeah. Just- are you guys Coca-Cola or Pepsi guys? Because I know like half my family are Pepsi people and I don't fucking understand that at all. Um, whichever one they've got. Do you not have a preference? I don't think I have the palate to particularly tell the difference. Balls on the block. I could do the Pepsi challenge and I could nail which one's which. Yeah, I could definitely tell the difference between Coke Diet Coke and Coke Zero. Oh well, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, um, I don't care what Coca Cola says. Coke tastes different out of every single vessel it comes in. I don't 100%. like Coke in glass bottles. Don't like it. Too fizzy. You don't like not it? enough taste. Uh, no. You can't get Mexican Coke in anything other than a glass bottle. No, but well, so yeah, but that's different because it's mostly syrup, <laughs> and there's probably some sort of reaction that's happened, which has meant that it's contributed to the flavour. But normal glass bottles, I don't like going to a restaurant and they open me a glass bottle and like, especially a two hundred mil one, you rip off merchants. <laughs> Give me a 500 mil plastic. Give me a two litre multi back. Fuck yeah. <laughs> two litre glass bottles. Comes that's with the, a two Let's not piss about. <laughs> I'll have the bottle. Ian, Pepsi is sweeter and less bubbly. Coke is saltier. And Coke Zero is even saltier than regular Coke, which is why Coke Zero is my favorite, but they don't sell Coke Zero in glass bottles. And Sprite is entirely, entirely undrinkable from a can. It is way too bubbly. It's way too fizzy. It's, it's way super too fizzy. fizzy, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. hurts. It like hurts to drink. I always forget which one I can drink in certain situations because sometimes I'm like, oh, I quite fancy some sort of lemon, lemony lime thing, and I'm a bit hungover. And if I get, wait, which one's Sprite? If I get a can of Sprite by accident, <laughs> that's it. I'm spewing. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, just, it's, it's really too, too much, much of a reaction. Yeah, it's super yeah. fizzy. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Sprite is only good out of a plastic bottle. No, I agree with that. I'm I'm down with that. It is way Fuck more. Fuck the planet. I'm not switching to cans. So your drink is Mexican Coke. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Love it. Specificity. Yay! You spent 12 minutes mouthing... I've had my mic off every time you've been talking, <laughs> practicing. <laughs> okay, so, well, before we get to this, actually, I want to ask a wider question. So if you are only having two courses in a restaurant, although you've said this isn't necessarily a thing, but would you be a starter and main or a main and dessert? Definitely an appetizer main guy. I always want dessert, but I never ever actually get to it because I always stuff down on appetizers and d- main dish. Is that something that's uh, since you've been an adult? Like, as in, no, when, always. no, always, 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 always. We once went for dessert, and you had two desserts. <laughs> well, well, I I like dessert. I just said I wish I could get dessert all the time. I just often overeat appetizers and straight up garlic bread. Garlic bread is my demise, like every time. To be fair, yeah, garlic bread and cheese. I mean, this is part of the reason I like you two gents is that you won't necessarily adhere to rules because who gives a shit? So you, I know you two will order whatever the fuck you want, even yeah, if that my body, includes my choice. 
Yeah, you're paying for it. So if that includes exactly. two mains, you'll fucking order two mains. <laughs> like if that's oh, yeah. what you want to eat. And that's just part I of the have, reason why I like you. There have been multiple times I've been at a restaurant where due to the volume of order, volume of food ordered, mm. we have been moved to a larger table. Lovely. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, When you get moved from a two-top to a four-top, then you're fucking bowling. There's a Mexican restaurant in Queens where me and my family go. And whenever they see us walk in, they automatically seat us at an eight-person table. And there's usually three or four of us. And nice. they get reinforced chairs. And <laughs> yep. Oh, they know how it goes. Yeah. My dad alone gets, like, four people's worth of Mexican food. That dude can take food down. And he's tiny. He's like a tiny little human, but he eats more than I do. It's amazing. See, it's taken me too long to learn that I'm paying, I make the rules. It's, it's I taken had me too long to a learn that. waitress say no to my order once. <laughs> Excuse me. In college. As someone in the hospitality industry, I can say that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> no, it was not. And it only made me eat more out of spite, because fuck you. But I, I went to, it was a Chinese restaurant. I, I remember it so vividly. I was coming after a Chelsea match. It was like a Chinese restaurant, like right down the block from where we used to watch soccer games in the basement back in the day. So it was like one of the few bars that would show Premier League matches. And I sat down and I ordered two orders of beef lo mein, large, with no veggies. Because fuck the veggies. I just want the noodles and the meat and the sauce. Mm -hmm. Fine. And she was like, oh, it's pretty big. I think you should just have one. Oh, no, fuck that. She's not advising you. I know. I was like, no, I want two. She goes, I'm only going to bring you one. And then if you're still hungry, you can order the second. Nope. I was like, bitch, are you fucking kidding me? Now it's three. Yeah, so I had two and like a soup or some shit. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't take down a third low main <laughs> with no veggies, but yeah, no, fuck that shit. Uh, speaking of like being in a good mood, me like I want to order as much fucking things as I want or whatever, um, and get get your miles offside bingo cards ready, listeners, because I'm going to talk about expected goals May 19, XG. 2012. <laughs> oh, fuck. yeah, that's the mm-hmm. other one. Um, when Chelsea won the Champions League, I went out to a pretty nice steakhouse near my uncle's house on Long Island, and I don't know why that's important to the story, but it is. And um, I ordered two lobster tails and a steak. And I just, because I could, because I was like in such a celebratory mood. I was like, I can't go spend money on Chelsea Football Club somewhere. But the universe deserves my money for giving me this victory. (laughs) So I'm just going to go out. So I went out and I was a broke like college kid. I wasn't like rich or anything like that. So someone else was paying? No, no, no. It was my money. I had a, like I worked. But I went out and I just basically like blew my entire bank account on like, Two lobster tails, a steak, and I left a hundred dollar tip for that Fuck random me. waiter because I was like that happy that Chelsea had won the Champions League. It was God that damn. big of a deal. I know, I know. I, I couldn't eat for like the rest of the week. I've literally I never been kid. that happy. I've never been that happy. Never in your life. I've been that drunk. Uh, I wasn't even drunk. But if Posh win the Champions League, oh yeah, I'm, thro- I'm throwing around hundred quid notes like they're all a the thing. money. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about Peterborough? No, let's keep it not football. <laughs> let's keep it not football. The problem is we did, we've we not recorded all three of us for a while and I was slagging off Peterborough last time and since then we have not conceded a goal. But fine, Ew. I'll park it. No, no, it. no, take, take your 30 seconds. We don't talk take about Take two seconds because yeah. they'll, they'll let in five at the weekend. Um, okay. It's, it's like four wins, four clean sheets, right? Southend, MK Dons, Sunderland all dispatched with no goals conceded and then some other cup game as well, which I can't remember, uh, whatever the Johnston's paint is now called. Uh, Shit Munch FC. That'll do. 
fucking oh it was Northampton actually it was the fucking cobblers of course it was disgusting uh, dirty fuck, Northampton fuck the cobblers I yeah. have opinions on the cobblers and I agree that they suck <laughs> good thank you but anyway sorry that's it that's it I just I was slagging them off last time and since I did that nothing but joy joy from so me. why wouldn't you do anything but slag them off for forever yeah good point yeah that's like that's the real reason Liverpool will never win the league is because their idiot fans are always saying, this is our year. I'm never saying that. dangerously close to football talk. 4-0 against MK Dons. Right, okay. 4-0 against MK Dons. However, can I just say, gents, can I just say, fourth in the league. Thank you very much. Yeah, you deserve your, yeah, absolutely. Fourth in the league. Crystal Palace. Fucking shit show. And I don't want to say anything about Chelsea. Mm. Champ, you already got your May 19, 2012. I've got it ingrained in my fucking head now as well. I hate you. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, we know it, yeah. Anyway, let's get back on track. Oscar, dessert. Well, Chuck, here's another answer that'll be familiar to you. In our <gasps> next stop of the New York City restaurant tour, we I need to we figure out be... which one of the two it was. <laughs> we will be visiting Veneros, a opened in 1894, one of the oldest Italian bakeries in New York City, serving cannoli and coffee in a, under a stained glass ceiling. Oh, wow. That is 342 East 11th Street on 1st Avenue and 11th. Um, I believe that, I, don't, I cannot confirm this rumor, but I believe that several presidents have gone there immediately after winning the election, who were headquartered in New York City over the years, including, I believe, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, but I could be totally wrong on that. Mm. In any case, the cannolis are fucking amazing. Best cannolis in the world. You weren't kidding when Italian is the through thing of your of your meal. Hey, I mean, forget about Italian. it. With a little bit of like a <laughs> Mexican infusion there. Yeah, with a coke. That's yeah. my life. That's basically me, right? It's like Italian food with a bit of Mexican infusion. So anything specific cannoli-wise? Just a classic. No, no, no. I'm not getting just... fancy with no chocolate chips, no dipped, no, no. Just a fucking regular... Fucking cannoli like my grandmama, my nana used to make marona. And a no, Sunday I mean, night. Nana. <laughs> so let's let's not assume any knowledge here, because I think for me for years my image of cannoli was solely based on films like Goodfellas and and all <laughs> that. So break down what exactly is a cannoli or cannolo? Sorry, because it's singular. <laughs> uh... What are cannoli? <laughs> I wish you hadn't asked me that. I have no fucking clue. I don't know what I'm eating. It's just delicious. It's like a wafer, I guess, in a tube shape, and then they put a bunch of cream in it. I could Google it, but I just closed my Chromebook. It looks like Ian is Googling it right now. I don't know what the cream is made out of. It's like a creamy custard thing. I couldn't. It could be vanilla flavor. It's like slightly It could be something else. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite frosting, but it's not far off, I guess. Yeah. Someone who makes cannolis is like turning over in their grave right now at my horrible description of him. Uh, they're Sicilian and they are tube shaped. This is Wikipedia. Shells of fried pastry dough filled with a sweet, creamy filling, usually containing ricotta. Yeah, so I mean, what you said isn't too yeah. far from the truth. Like, Christ, there's a lot of variations. So basically, more carbs and cheese <laughs> is what I'm. Is what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Carbs yeah. and cheese. Italian cheese. <laughs> but again, it's that classic Italian thing, isn't it? Of just such a simple thing. It's just pastry fried and a cream cheese frosting inside that then lends itself to, like you said, chocolate chips or pistachio or like a billion other things. Did you have the cannolis when I took you there, Chuck? 
I did. We went. We went dessert for dessert. We we both had uh, cannoli and uh, cannolo and uh, yolo, and we both had this. We both had a slice of strawberry shortcake. Restaurant idea, yolo cannoli. Yeah, that yolo slice cannoli. of strawberry shortcake is really good from there too, but it's so big that it was. Some people say a doorstop. I would say it's like a chock block that they pull out from a plane before it departs from the gate. <laughs> this thing was, I mean, angle-wise, we're talking like 40 degrees. <laughs> it was fantastic. Is there anything specific about these cannoli, stroke cannolo? Um, They're the, the exact right balance of sweet and doughy without being chewy. Because you okay, so you don't want a cannoli that's too crispy because then when you bite it, it crumbles and so you have nothing left, right? Like you want to be able to take a bite out of it while it maintains its cylindrical shape to hold all the filling in what's left over. So if so, ones that are too crispy when you bite them, they just like kind of disintegrate. And now I just have yeah, a yeah. pile of wafers and frosting in my hand, which is still delicious but annoying. Hmm. And then you just look like you've had an accident with a pastry whilst masturbating. Right, exactly. And if if it's too soft yeah, and it's like chewy. And that's like it, it it almost gets rubbery. It loses a lot of its like flavor. So the the key to a good cannoli is equal parts like the shell being the perfect consistency, but it's a it's a pretty plain flavor shell, but it matters exactly how well fried it is. And then the filling being again the right sort of texture of not quite sticky sort and not quite fluffy. Sweet cheesecake type. Yeah, filling, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's not like a cheesecake. Cheesecakes are a bit thicker. It's more of a I mean, honestly, the, the consistency I think of the most is frosting, but less sticky. Yeah. Chuck, how would you describe that cannoli filling? It is kind of that balance between like the frosting you'd find on a cupcake or a, or a cake or whatever, and in between like a soft cheesecake. So it's still in that realm. Oh, yeah. it's beautiful. Has this cannoli therefore ruined any other cannoli for you, Oscar? Have you tried them in many, many different places? Do you still go for it? Or do you think like, if I order this... It's not going to be the same, so I'm not going to venture that way. I have spent, I would say, 15 years of my life searching for a cannoli as good as Veneros. <laughs> the cannoli quest. And nothing has ever compared. That's not true. I'm lying. One time. <laughs> 25 years. Yeah. I went to Italy. One time at a street <laughs> fair in Brooklyn, yeah. they, there was a guy with a fucking, like... Okay, you know how, like, those old ladies go to the laundromat with, like, a little rectangle cart that's, like, not quite a shopping cart because it's not long enough? It's much more vertical than a shopping cart? Yeah. It's just, like, an old lady, an old bag lady cart? He had that with cannolis. Just, like, just a thousand cannolis in one of those in, like, trays, and he was just selling them for, like, five bucks each. And he was just, like, a guy at a street fair. And I don't even know if he was, like, officially part of the street fair or he just, like, showed up with his cannolis. Either way, that guy, if you're man searching for man, missed encounters, whatever, if you are the guy who sold me the cannolis from your cart around 2008, I want to say, in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn at a street fair, please hit me up. I am at footy, foot afar, footy from afar on Twitter. <laughs> so were they better than the ones we were talking about? Uh, they were probably about as good, which is like the highest compliment I could ever give. And I have no fucking clue who that guy was, if he has a restaurant. I didn't ask. I just like gave him my five bucks and then walked away and was eating my cannoli. And by the time I turned around, 
he was, was just gone. gone. Yeah, exactly. As if he never existed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, one of those. And then the cannoli in your hand turned into a carp, and you were like, "Where? How do I get this back to its rightful <laughs> owner?" <laughs> luckily, I had a Tupperware dish in the other. Yeah, <laughs> luckily the Tupperware was there. You could get Filled it home. with fresh water. Absolutely no problem. Maybe he wasn't real. Maybe that's the beauty of it as well that it was such a because that's something you know we haven't really mentioned is sometimes it's where you where you have the food and what situation you're in or who you're with that can contribute so much more to the food right it's why That's true. it's why like all of our grandmas are the best cooks in the world well and also there is like actual scientific research that shows that like your brain chemistry changes such that when you are hungry food literally tastes better like it activates different parts of your nerve endings on your tongue so that you're like much happier that you're finally eating again. So food literally tastes different and it tastes better when you're hungry. And I was real fucking hungry that day because it was like a thousand degrees out <laughs> and we were walking around and it was like, we were, you know, we had been out for a few hours. I was like thirsty as hell and I was just smelling delicious foods and I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm just getting a cannoli. I, we had like dinner plans probably afterwards. I don't remember exactly, but like I didn't eat food food, but I, I think I just like broke and I couldn't take it anymore and I got a cannoli. So I think that might have helped it along the way, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, it is it is quite strange, yeah, especially as you've spoken so eloquently about it, that no ice cream has featured. I'm uh, surprised. Yeah. I don't really like ice cream. <laughs> I don't really like ice cream. Fuck it. Oh, right. Is this due to uh, your engorging yourself? <laughs> yeah, so... New listener. I don't really like ice cream, Oscar says. He entered a competitive ice cream eating competition for teams of four on his own that's not that's not fair do not be spreading lies okay, about sorry, me mr sorry, simpson sorry. you entered with three people you're yeah, the only one that showed up correct thank you all right thanks right. chuck for keeping us honest you're welcome thank you. <laughs> did you take part in said eating competition oscar i did yes <laughs> where did you place in said eating competition oscar not in first place so right where did you finish oscar on your own against teams of four. In second place. <laughs> right. How many teams were there, Oscar? I don't remember. It was a, it was a good amount. Ballpark. Ballpark. I want to say like seven? Eight. Seven. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like 500 teams. Stop acting like this isn't ridiculous. Okay, it was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Like, Seriously. to maybe eat more than two people, that's like, a, you know, on a hungry day sometimes <laughs> you can just smash through a pizza. You know, if you've ever been out sharing with people and they don't finish theirs and you're just like in the zone and powering, that's fine. But four people, four. So it's perfectly reasonable to be surprised that ice cream isn't making an appearance. My two favourite things about that story in retrospect are that, one, I don't really like ice cream that much. And two, yeah. I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, for fuck's sake. By the way, all of my foods were cheese. I don't care about being lactose intolerant. It does not stop me from living my life. But yeah, all the foods I chose have cheese and I'm horrible. Oh, yeah, well, that's fine. In the, in, as the off-menu podcast would say, in this dream restaurant, you're not lactose intolerant. It's fine. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, even better. You don't, yeah. have, to take, you don't have to take your little tablet. <laughs> so you can process the cheese I mean I would say you can have whatever you want but you clearly have anyway so, so yeah. it doesn't matter there you go <laughs> okay okay so let's uh, have a quick rundown of the menu that you've chosen you've chosen um, 
I think we decided on bottled water from the company that your father works for. Can I tell you guys, it's not even my favorite bottled water. I'm not allowed <laughs> to talk about it, really. Uh, so what was it? Poland Spring. Poland Spring. Poland Spring. <laughs> that's what he said, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's literally Poland, the as in yeah. the country The country Poland. Poland, yes. It's like probably the biggest water company over here. It's like bigger than Aquafina or Dasani. Don't know any of those. What fucking water bottle companies do you guys have? Volvic. Evian. 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 Okay, we have Evian here. Sure. Um, the other one. Burton Summit. Smart Water. Oh, Smart Water's really good. Smart Water's so refreshing. Um, bread. It's uh, some sort of focaccia, garlic, rosemary. Sure. Startlingly no cheese, but we'll get to that. Starter was the waffle couch fries. Go over them again quickly. Yep, uh, waffle fries, brown gravy, cheddar cheese. Can I just say one more time, Cherry Valley Deli Waffle Cheddar Couch. <laughs> yes, very good. Because very I don't good. think anyone acknowledges the fact that that's very hard to say, really hard and to I say. really enjoy saying it. <laughs> this is like Ian with specificity. <laughs> I, I, I'm jealous just hearing you say it so cleanly. Mm. Uh, specific. No, right, forget it. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> uh, your main was a baked ziti from uh, Tony DiNapoli. Tony's DiNapoli, yes. Upper East Side, 64th and 2nd Avenue, I want to say. This is a tom- uh, tomato sauce pasta bake with cheese on top, obviously. Uh, then your side is uh, mac and cheese from Smack. That's right. 1st yeah. Avenue, 12th Street. Okay, more pasta, more cheese. Whew. Uh, okay. <laughs> Um, your drink. You're, you're getting. Hang on. How how is it his imaginary meal and you're the one getting food sweats? <laughs> yeah. This is just how I am now, Chuck. This is just how I am now. It does sound delicious. You'll you'll, you'll see when you hit your thirties, Chuck. <laughs> I'm getting out of breath listening to him describe my fucking meal. So. I think I need a Pepsi AC after this shit. <laughs> your drink is Mexican Coke. Mm-hmm. Um. And your dessert is cannoli. That yep, from Venero's. Specifically. Or, or some guy. that bloke who <laughs> that pulled one, one out of a bag off the street that you never saw again, that you turned round and poof, he was gone. You said his name was Kaiser Soze, I think? <laughs> That's a pretty, I mean, I'd say well-rounded meal. Um, you, <laughs> you'll be it? well-rounded after it. Um, <laughs> nice. There's a lot of cheese there, um, I can't, and the, this is the problem. Like we laugh about it, I find no fault in any of that. No, but we got an hour in before we mentioned he was lactose intolerant. Was <laughs> 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 yeah, fantastic. Look, don't let your uh, disabilities, you know, control your life. Right? <laughs> I'm colorblind, but I do lots of things. I wear pink to to work. Like it's fine. Yeah, he does some drawings. They're not very good. Um, (laughs) i'm lactose and everything i eat is cheese there you go well we should probably wrap it up i mean i've really enjoyed that thanks to off menu for letting us borrow stroke steal there's gonna be no lawsuit i'm sure nothing you can do about it a caster (laughs) come out as a caster probably loads he can do about it yeah yeah i imagine so he's from kettering which is where they make weetabix he is from kettering yeah my neck of the woods when he, I, I watched him recently in Peterborough, and that was an interesting Brexit fueled uh, stand-up show. 
It was. Oh, I thought you was, were just like watching a dude at the train station. I was like, that's kind of weird. Why are you talking about that? <laughs> no, I went to see him. In he time. was in Peterborough, and you were just following him around, like yeah, hiding he's, behind he's bushes. He's from my neck of the woods, so I just thought I'd follow him and then rip off his podcast. That's what I thought I'd do. Yeah, that's when they used to go on hunts with his mum at lunchtime for deer. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> I love our endings. It was your ending. You're, you're no, going fuck for off. it, mate. Come I'm on. not doing you've the ending this week. 50, you've done 57 endings and they've all been like that. Don't I've slag never, off. I've, I, at no point in this have I taken charge. This is your, your, your at closing. At no point of this have you taken charge. At the start, we did about five minutes on a koi carp that you found on a pavement. <laughs> yeah. Was the theme of the show koi carp expeditions? No, it wasn't. Hence, it felt like it. Mine was yeah. the segue. I provide the colour. You provide the substance. That's... I'm not sure that. Well, you do. I'm pretty sure I provide the colour. I'm just going to say. <laughs> and he's got his glasses on, so he can tell. Yeah. Uh, thank you to the Off Menu Podcast for letting us borrow their format. Thank you to Chuck for saving a fish. Thank you to Oscar f- on behalf of the cheese industry. And <laughs> we'll see you next week. Yeah, next week. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>